The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, what's going on, guys? All right. Back-ish. Look who it is, Sherrod. Look who decided to join us. Listen, we love winners. Everyone loves winners. We do. And the Celtics, they're kind of winning now. I wanted to be on last night's show. I can, still can't talk. You can. Oh, hear it wow! Now. You're really, you're really uh, trying to sell this. Uh, milking it. I got the tea. Yeah, you're really milking it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why it took you so long to get on here? You had to you warm up your tea. I was making my tea. <laughs> black lung pop. I got the black lung. <laughs> um, you'll hear it. I'm I'm already Peter Brady right now to start the show. Good. Um, you can't get too fired up then. I know, but I can't get fired up, um, which is good because this is a mellow game. I'll let you guys get fired up. There's not much to get fired up about, um, but, you know, these Here games. Get these fired games... up about this. Brown played better than Tatum. Don't at me. That's oh, wait, wait, flex. what? Oh, uh, that's what last, last game. Okay. <laughs> who knows? Don't at him. Don't at him. I don't know how to do. I don't know how to at anybody. Um, well, good. From, from here, <laughs> from, from this show. Um but these games could go wrong, right? I mean, when you're shorthanded, you're missing your two bigs. You know, it could get ugly. Utah got a ton of easy baskets down low. Yeah. Didn't didn't matter. Hung in there. Tatum, Tatum, ridiculously efficient game. Brogdon was great. Uh, it didn't even matter that, like, Smart and Brown weren't great. You got the Blake energy game. Plenty to talk about. Bobby's going to want to come in here and talk about how Blake needs minutes every night. No. Um, I, no. no. I'm with Bobby. No. I'm with no, Bobby. No, I'm not. No. Stop. Save it for Bobby. I like, listen, Save do it not, don't, listen. Jimmy, don't upset me. I'm gonna, don't I'm gonna, be seduced I'm gonna lose by those five amazingly five awesome minutes that we got out of Blake. Don't be seduced by that. You're not going to get that if you put, consider me seduced. There, Jimmy, there's this thing called diminishing returns. And I'm easy, Blake, right now, this was the sweet spot. This was the sweet spot minute-wise for Blake. Perfect, and it was a perfect – to me, it was a perfect storm. A Utah team – that sort of kind of had bigs, but they really weren't bigs. I mean, Kelly is like a big, but he's not really a big, big. But they're big. active. And so is Blake. Right. And, so, and that's why this was the perfect sort. Most of the bigs that the Celtics are going to be facing are a little bit closer in terms of mobility to the Joel Embiid's of the world than they are to the Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why, to me, Blake was great in this particular matchup. I don't want to see Blake when they're playing, like, for example, if they're playing the Miami Heat and he's got to deal with, you know, they're big. I don't want to see that because uh, I don't think that, that that's a movie that's not going to end well for the Celtics. And you know why I do want to see Blake in that series, Sherrod? I'll tell you why. Because the why? Heat because the Heat bully the Celtics, and they're tough, and they have a lot of energy. And Blake Griffin is the type of guy that won't take your shit. He'll stand in there, take a charge. But he'll fight back. He'll be tough. I think his energy is contagious. And I think the guys on the team, I know the guys on the team love Blake. So the when, only they, way that- when they say see him putting his body on the line and going all out, that's what I want to see out there from everybody. Not just him, but I just think that when he's out there, he kind of brings that out of the other guys. I'm not saying give him 25 minutes a game or anything yeah. close to that. But I do think he yeah. has an, a positive effect on this team when he's out. I think it's I a feel- positive. Go ahead, John. I'm just going to say I feel like Blake's a deep cut. We're jumping in really early here. It is a deep cut, but this is you started it, John. I know, I know, I know. It's my fault. Damn it. This is a Friday night. Anything goes anywhere Stop. we want. I it is. <laughs> You're right. But let me uh, let you me You know what? I'm hosted. Get out of the host here. You can't even talk. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'll Get out set, of here. I'm gonna set up some topics and I'm gonna drop back. I'm gonna sip my tea. Uh and Let's I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take the sympathy. Um for those of you out there you don't know, sign up. I tried to do a same gay parlay today. I couldn't do it because nobody knew who was going to play. 
So like I was trying to do that one game par same game parlay to like load up on like Hauser and White, but like they were smart (laughs) like that. They were waiting (laughs) to see who was playing too. So none of those guys were on the board. But if you're interested in this, um, go sign up fanduel.com slash Boston. Uh, You see that little right there. What? The QR code. Oh, the QR code? That QR one? code. You yeah. can just hit that right there. It's going to take you right to our link. I hope. <clears throat> that, it? Oh. Yeah, Jimmy. That's how it works. It, it actually live. like it it live like, over it. It like glows when you do it. You can see a flash. It's pretty cool. You or you could just type in fieldwood.com. Yeah, but you should box. see it. You do it, and that thing's going to go. Um, okay. Well, let's find out right now. Bet five. Bet five. Um, get 200 in bonus bucks Not right working. away. We'll get to Blake. No doubt about it. Not working. We'll get to Blake. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get to Blake. We'll get to Blake. So when Jason Tatum had a bad February, right, <clears throat> everyone was like, you know what, though? March. March is when he goes off, right? Um, and, like, you know, we're waiting for one of those Tatum runs. You went through almost all of March, and it didn't happen. But last two games, it's happening, right? Like, it's insane. You're talking – a 40 and Thank 39 – he scored 79 points on 35 shots, 2.3 points per shot he's averaging right now. He's on, again, it's two games. He's on a heater. Better late than never, right? You didn't get it, or you didn't get it when you thought you were going to get it. But, I mean, what he's doing right now is insane. Like, the, the if, if you get anything close to this version of Tatum – heading into the playoffs right you know a game-changing sort of thing so it's like i'll ask you guys is this the beginning of that kind of heater that we haven't seen from him all year despite the fact he's scoring 30 that's what's amazing about his season <laughs> it also shows his overall efficiency has been a little better in the sense that he's missing threes but he's getting to the line and he's still getting his 30 how many games this year we're we like wow he didn't even have a good game he ended up with 31 points how did that happen you know so he's been grinding for it but he hasn't had that like I'm unguardable stretch where it's just, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to score every time I touch the ball. And he's had it the last two nights. Well, he's due. Yeah. I mean, the, the shots that he's taking now and making aren't that different than the ones he wasn't making earlier. And so that that's, to me, that that's the sign of a good shooter. Uh, they're going to keep doing what they do because they know their mechanics, their routine, their rhythm. It's going to come about sooner or later. Uh, and, and the thing that I, I, I like about Tatum now is we, we talk about his three-point shooting, which has been significantly better the last couple of games. Yeah. But he's also figuring out ways to get baskets, get baskets around the rim. He has to do that. Uh, that has to be part of the scoring package that he brings. Somebody to the get table. Jimmy a friggin' Marlboro right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to get into Jimmy and and and, and uh, yeah, yeah. You don't Jimmy. have to. Let's sure, let it go. I, I was I was just going to let it slide, Jimmy. Because you <laughs> want to go. This is this is this is my ski. My this is my operation. Oh, that is so not ski. On. That that that's like you know bareback on you know trigger. Um, well. This is what I rock. This is how I roll, baby. This is Friday night gym. So you guys are going to have to learn to love it, I guess. Okay. Just be careful because the later it goes, these buttons start to come undone. So let's get, let's get into it. That's scary. Once 11 o'clock comes around, we don't know. All right. We just don't know. Sherrod um, was saying intelligent yeah, basketball know, related know, stuff know, until know, Jimmy unbuttoned his top button. <laughs> I didn't unbutton it. I just opened it a bit. Um, let me just piggyback off what Sherrod said for a second, um, to answer your question, John. Yeah, of course, if this is the Jason Tatum that we're, we're about to get for the playoffs, then 
Ding, ding. Everybody should go to FanDuel.com slash Boston right now <laughs> and bet on Celtics to win the NBA championship with your 200 bonus bets. I'm surprised they didn't flop uh, ahead of the Bucks on, on odds after last game. Because, like, Bucks, yeah, that's a good point. Bucks were playing better. And obviously the slight betting favorite over the Celtics because of uh, because of um, the home court. And obviously yeah, recency right. bias. They've been playing better. Celtics have been more inconsistent. But um, after that shellacking, man, I think people have to re- reconsider that. Well, I think money's going to come flooding in on the Celtics because well, you, again, know the other thing too, you remember what you just saw. Right. I mean, you've got the, regis- the recency bias, but you also had three games that the Celtics played against them, and the Celtics should have won all three. That's the thing. That's I mean, the, the crazy game, thing. The, the, the Celtics literally had, their, had that ass, that Milwaukee Bucks ass beat with their B team in Milwaukee. Uh, and they just they just gave it away at the very end. So the and and they handed them the worst loss in the franchise in their in their matchups ever. Uh, you know, just the if other night. So. Just so let me ask you guys: if what you is could Vegas eliminate now? late game late game Milwaukee Grant Williams and then late game Cleveland Grant Williams, Celtics would be the one seed right now, locked up. What does Vegas <laughs> know then? I mean, because they're not idiots; they're typically <clears throat> more right. Well, they don't, they don't, I, I think they don't trust the Celtics because right. we've seen this. We've seen this movie before. And they also, look great. They look great. They look, look great. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute! They just lost to Orlando. Wait a minute! They just lost to Houston. Wait a minute! They. That's what. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, what? 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 What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I also so think you know we mentioned it briefly, Sherrod, because we didn't want to rain on last night's parade, but. That was a borderline schedule loss for Milwaukee. Uh, you know, second out of a back-to-back, you know, coming coming back um, from the road the night before after a pretty hard-fought game where Drew Holiday dropped 50. And he barely, Went from 51 to 6. Yeah, he barely, he barely made it into the arena last night. Um, he had six more points against the Celtics than I did, and you did, than right. us combined. Com- uh, combined, yeah. Which so, never happened. Um, I think maybe that has a little something to do with it, but um, – I think it's honestly, I think it should be. I don't know what the odds are right now, John. And I know this isn't, we're not going to, we're not getting into gambling here, but I imagine it's pretty close because I think if you ended up with these two teams in a seven game or in a seven game series, Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think there's a clear cut, oh, this team's going to roll over the other team. I think it would go pretty deep into that series. I think it's, it's going to be so close <clears throat> to being a push because Milwaukee will likely have home court advantage. But then if right. you start looking at the three games they played this year, you can't really That's, feel good about that because Celtics won two out of the three, and the one they didn't win, late game meltdown with your B team was right. why you didn't win that game. That, and that's the thing is the um, you talk about uh, um, the just the Celtics like when we when when you know you look at the losses to bad teams, um, they like if you eliminate that's what drives you nuts is like guys if you were serious right now you're the one seed and that's what kind of drives people nuts. Like the wizards game justifiably was just such a, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, you know, such traffic. a bad game. Cause you're just punting away. You're, you're undoing other effort. Okay. Um, that you have there. But if you just look at games against Phil, they have two games. The one again against Milwaukee where their entire B team was about to win that game and they mucked it at the end. And then you beat Philly with your B team one time. That's mm-hmm. the game Jalen broke his face. I think Tatum's the only one I played. He had 12 points that game, and you were out. Everyone else, no Smart, no Brogdon, no Rob, whatever. No no Bigs that game. <clears throat> and, and you won. You remember that one? We're like, man, if you're Philly, you got to be like, uh, yeah. we're, we're toast, man. So you're Philly and Milwaukee right now. You might be like, okay, we've been playing good. Um, but 
just if you think about how the Celtics have played you in these games, you, you've got to feel pretty shitty if you're them, right? Yeah. you got to be nervous. I mean, imagine I mean, a Milwaukee To an extent, fan, but if I mean, anybody, if Milwaukee had any, like, people, I was curious to read what the Milwaukee papers and stuff were writing uh, about the game, and, and it turns out there are no Milwaukee papers. Um, <laughs> the Sentinel, right? No, there is, but uh, there was no in-depth. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there was no in-depth analysis. I it was to, like. It was just like an AP, right? I, I wanted to yeah, see. It was Chad hear, GPT. I wanted to hear the gloom and doom, you know, like, oh, we are effed, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really get a taste of that. But, man, you just got smoked. I mean, smoked. Right. And, and those three games, that three-game snapshot's not pretty. No, no. And, yeah, I mean, the one game that you won, their B team had you on your back. Uh, yeah. Basically, you needed a late – I mean, if it, were, if it were a boxing match, you were totally getting outpointed and you just knocked them out in the last round. That's how you got, got the win. So that's – yeah. <laughs> But how much are we putting into that regular season? I mean, how many of those were well, the Middleton? Well, you know, I'm looking more at the personnel. I'm looking more That's at the personnel. Because if, if when I look, because I, I went back and I looked at just, you know, a, a bunch of different plays from the, the Milwaukee game. And there are some clear adjustments that even Bud is going to realize he has to make. One of the biggest is you can't play Jay Crowder against these guys. So you can't slow. play Jay Crowder. He was I getting- mean, Toasted. He's yeah. cemented to the He looked ground. like a guy who sat around for a majority of the season. Like, I you mean, can't they, do that. You just can't yeah. do that. Well, he looks worse than that because usually that guy will go through like two or three weeks of, you know, conditioning to where when he gets on the floor, he may not be making shots, but he's not looking like a walking easy pass that everybody is, is just, I mean, unplayable. Brown, you know what? White. Everyone on the Celtics who, who had the ball in their hands against Milwaukee, when they got the matchup with Jay Crowder, pew, straight to the cup. Yeah. And they were doing well, that to Ingles, too. So that's the, that's the biggest thing, I think. I, I totally agree with you guys. Looking back at that game, I mean, when did it change, right? It's about a point-for-point point kind of, you know, slugfest. And, again, that stuff's going to happen to a team playing the second night of a back-to-back. And I'm sure you guys talked about this a great deal. Mm-hmm. But where you really, 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 really see that separation is when you get into that bench unit. And you're like, who's right. Milwaukee playing? You know? And then you're playing a unit that has Rob coming off the bench with Brogdon and one of the Jays. And then who cares what you fill it with, Grant or Hauser? That starting lineup is an eight seed in the East, you know? And, like – you're, when Lopez comes off the floor, you could see the difference that Rob's able to make there. And then you're just looking at what they've got. And fine, it's Portis. He can get hot every once in a while. But the rest of that bench unit, oh, my goodness. Crowder. Like, that is. We were talking about the depth of each team last oh, night. And both Sherrod and Joe Sway say that the Celtics are deeper. Even though they might not be deeper in numbers. But the talent that they have, like 6th, 7th, and 8th. Are that's what I mean. Well, starting caliber players yeah, one right. through eight. Yeah, that Start, Milwaukee bench four years ago would be great. Starting caliber like players awesome. one through eight. Right, Milwaukee's right. bringing in the same problem the Celtics had last year. West Matthews. Same yeah. problem. They have the same problem the Celtics had last year. Is you're playing. You're yeah. playing guys who are eight, eight, seven, eight, nine guys as your six, seven, eight guys, and that's a huge problem. The Celtics have eight starting caliber players that they throw at you. Big, big, big drop off there. So yeah. that depth is a is a massive issue there. And you've seen them; they can go cold. You know, Giroud gets fifty one, but he's not a guy who lights it up every single night. So you really need Giannis to be like ridiculous, and then everybody to be hitting their threes um, on that team. And again, classic make miss sort of game. 
but you know, to a ridiculous degree in both directions. But again, I'd be nervous as hell if I'm Milwaukee. Yeah, because if you think about it, Blake Griffin is probably the seventh or eighth man in Milwaukee right now. And at best, wow. he's Boston's ninth, maybe tenth guy. And and there's and to me that, that says exactly. more about the Boston's the depth that they have, that he's that far down a pecking uh food chain than anything else. Because I mean, obviously if you if Blake's gonna play 10 minutes, you're gonna get 10 really good minutes. Yeah. Uh, but again, the longer he's out there, the more diminishing returns you're gonna get on his production because that's just where he's at at this point in his career. Yeah. But Milwaukee's bench, uh, again, you, you, I, I'm still trying to understand and figure out well, how the hell did they win all those damn games in a row? Um, the, but to me, what, again, looking back at the game against Milwaukee, two things jump out. Jay Crowder, can't, you just can't play him. And Giannis has to be a little bit more aggressive from the outset. I thought that he was way too comfortable trying to get others involved. He can't be that guy. Uh, against the Celtics because the Celtics are just too good and the guys around him, they can't respond appropriately, I think, in that that situation unless Drew is having one of those great games. Chris Middleton is another guy who looks like he's lost a step or two. Uh, mm. And so, you know, that's there's a reason why. Too, I think. Yeah, that's the reason why he's dropped down to your to the number three in your big three. Middleton's uh, a pro, but he has lost. He looks a little. <laughs> he's like, I don't know if he's lost it forever because I don't think he's old enough to have to completely have begun the decline. But the injuries right. sapped him this year. He's right. still slow to get it back, and he might not get it all the way. And back remember, this year. we're not talking about a guy who was uber athletic from the jump. Nope. So, nope. so that's that's why it's it's hard to discern whether it's just him still ramping his body back up or whether he's taken a slight step back which is more noticeable for him because of the lack of athleticism he has relative to other guys uh can still shoot the hell out of the ball but he's not able to get the kind of space that we're used to seeing him get um so yep no doubt about it and people are saying why aren't you talking about utah because it's friggin' utah okay buddy. yeah let's talk about utah uh walker kessler do, do people really want to give talk about walker kessler uh, first Seriously? off i want to talk s- about I'm, chris dunn getting uh, punked by blake griffin i want to oh. thank i want to thank Catherine. <laughs> we'll get into we'll get into uh um <laughs> we'll get into um uh, blake we'll get into the uh the chris dunn jalen brown, brown katie i don't want to get the dunn brown matchup that's that by the way is who Celtics wanted, uh, we should remind we, you. John, I, I remember, John, I, you and I had lots of conversations about that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> we did. We did. But that's who people wanted back then. I'm not sure where you, where, where, where Wait, you were on that one. Wait, they were the same one. class? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, Jalen Brown was booed because the consensus was at the time Celtics no, fans preferred Chris Dunn. That's not true. That is not true. What's not true? They were booed because the Celtics fans originally wanted them to trade wanted the to pick. Wanted to trade the pick. But Dunn was rumored to be, the when they made the pick, Dunn was still rumored to be the guy oh. that wherever Butler was playing at the time, that uh, the team wanted. Well, he was wanted. like the local guy, so that, there was some local the team push that for Butler, The he team that Butler was on, who, brought, who that pick could have been he traded was. for, uh, Dunn was supposedly the target. And when you didn't take Dunn and you took your own guy, they were like, Oh my God! They're keeping the pick and they're keeping this guy. So it was kind of the double whammy. But Dunn was that kind of guy in there. Bender was also another guy who was assumed to be one of those picks. <laughs> Dragon. Yeah, Bender. He was like the he was the like mysterious guy. It's, all, it's he, one of Danny's like unicorns. 2.0. He's one of those guys that plays good against chairs. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Darko two point yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's Yi Jean Jean Lin. That oh, one, remember? Yeah. Remember he had that awesome workout against the chairs. Yi Jian Lian was yeah. like, "Oh my god, look at that guy!" Oh man, that was. Funny. He, he could dribble Didn't the Bucks take him? Yeah, the Bucks took him. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that didn't last longer. Let me like sneak this out before, while I still have voice left. Massachusetts, listen up. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is now live in Massachusetts. New customers in mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you need to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Once again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and much, much more. I've already myself downloaded the app. It's super easy to do and super easy to use. Uh, It's safe. It's secure. So please don't miss out on your chance, as I said, to cash in on $200 in bonus bets, which you get win or lose. Once again, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more on America's number one sports book. Once again, that's FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, FanDuel.com slash Boston. Now, you must be 21 or older and present in Massachusetts to take part. You must deposit first dollars initially, and your bonus is issued non-withdrawable bonus bet, which expires in 14 days once you make a $5 wager. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org. Once again, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Um, guys, let's, um, let's rewind a little bit. Um, do you believe, um, do you believe that Washington loss was the final time the Celtics will ever allow something like that to happen to themselves? Like, do you believe they learned a lesson there? Like, God, what are we doing? Cause (laughs) the narrative off that game was twofold. One, you pissed away a good chance Two, why are you telling me that you don't care about it? I think people got irked about the blase attitude like wait a second on sunday you guys are screaming about you know we want the one seed we want the one then you lost and you're like yeah we didn't care anyway and people are like wait what you didn't care we cared like i thought you cared why didn't you care and i thought that was an immature response to just basically yeah we screwed we shot ourselves in the foot like own it we sucked like we shot ourselves in the foot we did want the one seed but we didn't play like it tonight that's on us we probably pissed it away and we're gonna have to pay for it you know, yeah. and they still might have to pay for it. But the, <clears throat> the way they responded, obviously against Milwaukee, I think they wanted to send a message, not just to the box that like, doesn't matter where we play you guys, you know, dog, we're going to do what we're going to do. But also I think to themselves that like, we can't do that again. But do you still think that that's the thing? That's the only thing that worries Celtics fans, I think, is games like Washington, where you don't show up, <clears throat> you don't put in the effort on the defensive end. You just show up thinking shots are going to fall and we'll be fine. They don't fall. You're not getting stops. Other teams getting easy buckets. You fall behind. You try to shoot your way out of it instead of play defense and grind, and you piss the game away. We've seen it happen in the playoffs and at critical stages. That Jekyll and Hyde identity, even though it only rears its head every so often, I think is still the only thing that kind of holds people back from going all in. Because, again, talent alone, depth of the lineup, I, you don't see anybody in the NBA that they shouldn't be able to beat when they're playing their top, top game, focused defense and offense. But that's the thing. That's the thing that, that, that cursed child, the thing that just comes up and you're like, oh, so I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that that Washington game is it or we're going to see it again? We're going to see it again. 
we're going to see it again. I, I until they show that I can trust them, I'm not going to trust them to learn the lessons from this guy. And you know, they've got two cracks at Toronto, a team that they could potentially see uh, in the first round. And I, I would not be surprised if they crap one of those games away. Uh, Toronto's got some talent on that team, but Boston's a better team, and Boston should be able to beat win both of those games. I wouldn't be surprised if they split them. Uh, and that, for me, is is why. As much as I want to be all in on these guys winning it all, they, they they don't show that that intangible that makes me comfortable that they that this is going to be an issue. Because let, let's just go back to the Milwaukee game and you listen to what you know what Drew Holiday had to say after the game. You listen to what Giannis. I mean, they basically said that when you play the way we did, this is what happens. You get your ass kicked, point blank. There were no excuse. They didn't. They weren't talking about the fact that they played the night before. They weren't talking about you know being late and in traffic and and, and all these other you know just lame-ass excuses for stuff not going your way. They just didn't play well, and it got absolutely destroyed. The Celtics need to, first and foremost, own up to the fact that you're going to have nights like that, and when it does, you need to have, you need to have some type of visceral reaction afterwards. Uh, and for them, it was to go out there and beat the crap out of Milwaukee, and that's great. But it's not always going to be that easy. Uh, because that Milwaukee game was a perfect storm for them. They were pissed that they lost to Washington. Milwaukee was coming off an amazing game where so many guys stepped up the night before, but Indiana made them grind a little bit there in the second half. And it was a perfect storm to just have one of your best games. Milwaukee had one of the worst games. You get a 41-point win. That's not going to be the scenario night in, night out. They need to get to that point where when they have, when they suffer a setback, uh, you don't dwell on the fact that it's not a big deal because it should be a big deal. Every game at this point should be a freaking big deal. Uh, I, I don't like how dismissive they are when they lose. Uh, that's Champions get pissed when they lose. Even when they win by like three or four, they, they don't like that, especially if it's a team that they should have beat by 40. Uh, and I, I, they need to get to the point where win or losing, they need to, when they don't play well, own the fact that you didn't play well and get pissed about it and play better. So, Gerard, I agree with basically everything you said in terms of what this, why I don't trust this team. I've, I've said in the last couple of weeks, I have trust issues when it comes to the Celtics. Where I disagree, not disagree, but where I, I think why we might not see it again is because there's just not enough time left in the year. They don't play any cupcake teams the rest of the way. They've got Philly on Tuesday. They're obviously, you know, they got to show up for that one. That's their next game. They've got a couple of days off, and that's a huge game. That's a possible playoff preview. And you want to beat them to kind of ensure that you're going to stay in that number two seed because there's still an outside chance they could lose the number two. There's enough games left, and they're not far enough in, away from Philly. So you go, you go all in against Philly. Then you've got three games left, two against Toronto, one against Atlanta. Depending on how things go with the Bucs over the next couple of games. The all last three of those games, teams you can see in the playoffs. You're right. Yeah, so they're not going to not show up. But also, there could be a situation where it might not matter. Like, Atlanta might not matter seating-wise. Right. Maybe game two of Toronto doesn't matter seating-wise. So that's the only reason why I'm not, like, con- that concerned about the next week or, week or so. And then you have the playoffs. And, like, well, if you don't show – there's no excuse for just not showing. Like, there's you just literally cannot use that excuse that we didn't take our opponent seriously. So – unfortunately their last test to take a bad opponent seriously they failed but now it's like what i'm interested in is can they put together performances leading up to a couple more games where i can say okay these guys are finding the rhythm like like tatum for example it seems like he's really getting into a good rhythm going into the playoffs we already know what Jalen brown's been up to the last couple months i'm more interested in seeing like what those guys are going to be doing leading up to the playoffs as opposed to are they going to collectively show up as a team because at this point 
I think we're all just waiting for the next week of basketball to finish up. They got to win a couple games. They'll most likely end up as that two seed. Now, if Milwaukee loses to Philly on Sunday, things get very interesting and, you know, they should be going all out regardless. So that's the only reason why I don't think we're going to see them just like sort of flounder at all, because there's just no excuse to, when you look at the schedule, there's just not enough bad teams for them. to. There's no bad teams really left to play. Well, they're looking at a bunch of different playoff caliber type teams ahead, and they've had success against all of them. I mean, they've owned Philadelphia. We know that. Uh, they haven't really played Toronto enough to get a feel for that, but that Toronto, they'd be, Toronto is just basically trying to avoid the playing game at this point. Atlanta is probably the, the team that most want to see in the first round just because of the way their season has gone. Mm-hmm. They'll look at their, that roster. Uh, but I, I still – They can't I, They can't predict that. They, they That's out of their hands. Right. I, I just don't trust these guys, though. I, I just don't. And my, my, my biggest fear, honestly, Jimmy, is they may do just enough to take these guys serious for the for the rest of the regular season. But if they draw Atlanta first round and are you comfortable and confident that they're not going to have a letdown game against the Hawks in the playoffs? No. And that's where I agree with you. This team has not shown me enough where I think that they're killers. I, I just go back, yeah. I mean, Jimmy, like on a consistent basis, right? Because you know I, mean? I just go back to what Joe Mazzulla has said time and time again about developing good habits, and part of that is putting teams away when you have an opportunity to not only win the game but also pro- progress yourself in terms of standings. They have not done as good a job at that as they should have, uh, and they've got a chance to finish this thing out strong against teams that they're all beatable, and and other than Philly, they're all going to be at your place. And that's, that's the thing about it. And that's why in the NBA, it's a seven-game series. So they, they can probably think, well, we can afford to have a stinker, right? There's, they, this team's going to have to beat us three more times after that. So that's why, even though I'm saying I don't, quote-unquote, trust the Celtics, I still believe that they're going to advance in the series. But for John to ask the question, <laughs> do you ever expect to see a game like that again? Yeah, I would expect to see it at some point. I would still be disappointed, obviously. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. But I wouldn't be shocked if we saw – a game where it just felt like for whatever reason, whatever outside factor, traffic, you know, uh, the, the, the moon, whatever it is, you know, affected them prior to the game. So that's all I'm saying. I still expect them to get out of the first round and get out of the second round. I'm not making any predictions about the Bucks series yet. That's the thing is, I mean, even, even at my like most like, you know, apoplectic or like the harshest criticism, I, I, I've been maintaining the same thing. I still think they waltz into the conference finals because I just don't believe any team that they'll face, even if the Celtics have one or two mail-it-in games in the series, can beat them over seven. I just don't see it. Um, it's Bucks, just, but that's Bucks how you drain yourself. Because the Bucks, yeah. that's, but the bad habits, you know, like when you get deeper, you can't right. have those games against right. teams. You can't afford that. So against the Bucks, the margin for error changes because when they play hard, they make life hard for you. And mm-hmm. when things don't come easy for you, can you, you know, man up and, and battle through it when the lane gets mm-hmm. really clogged, when the threes yeah. aren't falling, you know, when, when Giannis, when there's the fouls are getting called on you and you're getting frustrated, can you keep it together there? You know, and that, <laughs> that's, that's the question, but through two rounds, I just don't see it being a problem. It's just going to get a problem if you're trying to reach Philly, your ultimate Philly's goal. Gonna play and you have you a hard, very though. clear goal, and that's legit to win it all. So, I mean, almost – I, I, I never really understood fan sensitivity regarding the Celtics. Nobody is saying they're not good. It's win the championship or the season was a bit – was a not a failure, but a disappointment. 
You had mm. you're the championship favorite to begin the year. You mm. played half the year like it. You know, you are still going to enter the playoffs as the one or the two favorite to win mm. everything. Not winning the championship is a massive disappointment if you're a Celtics fan. Mm. It doesn't mean they suck. But you, this is a championship season, so the standard is ridiculously high, and that's why they get scrutinized and picked apart. It's not because people hate them. It's you're supposed to be winning it all, dudes. You know, like get there and do it and act like it. Be that championship team. Step it up. Evolve. Have those games get you know get past those games and 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 get tough. We've seen periods of the year they've done it. We've seen obviously ones they haven't. So again, that's always the you know. Can you love again, Jimmy? Can you trust? Right. Will you trust them coming in? You know. <laughs> the thing, the, but the thing with this team, though, Just is that open my heart back up. Different. You and I shirt, Jimmy. Opening your heart back up. Can't get open over my shirt it. back up. But but here, here's the thing. Last year, that team was built to compete with the best teams. This team was built to win it all. They had two glaring weaknesses last year. They didn't have someone coming off the bench who could score from the perimeter, and they needed another stretch big. And they addressed those. Obviously, things that haven't worked out the way they wanted to with Danilo. But the, nonetheless, this <laughs> team was built. This guy just doesn't get it. <laughs> you lead the league in not getting it, man. I love you, but you leads the league in hating. <laughs> it's just oh, cost and contrary. You just don't get it. it he Every- screams. He screams at his. He's screaming at his his <laughs> streaming device, whatever it is, like for an hour for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Gerard. No, but I, I just I, again, this team was built to win a championship, and if they don't, then it's, it's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. Whereas last year, it was they were just. Ha- I mean, realistically, they were happy to be there uh, because they were not the the favorite to be there. They just played their way into that role. This year, they began the season Ooh. as the hunted, uh, that one the team that everyone was gunning for. Uh, one guy that has been a big part of that success in this year is, is Jalen Brown. Tonight was probably the worst game Jalen has had in like a month. Uh, he looked bad. He, I mean, to be to be candid, I thought he looked tired. I thought he looked – this was one of the few games I've seen where he looked fatigued. You look at a lot of those shots that he missed, they came up short. And we all know that when shots typically come up short consistently for a guy who's been making a ton of them, it's usually tired legs. Um, are you are – you are either one of you concerned about Jalen? Am I no. concerned about Jalen? Oh, John, you, you answered that since you're so busy. Give I'm not concerned there. about Jalen. You know, it's not. I mean, what based off of? I just want to make. I just want to make. I just want to make sure he he gets no, enough. I'm not rest going into the playoffs. That's all. That's my concern. That it he's. I'm nice. not concerned. He's been he's been there most consistent. He's been player, so consistent. So I, yeah. I got to save my concern for other people. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? I can only be concerned I mean, so much. Um, and he's also showed up in the big, big spots in the playoffs. Here's too. the thing: so you I have don't no really reason need to, to rest, Sherrod, because you've got that big stretch um, into the, the regular season too. Before you're right. So, like I said, but you don't want to risk injury, huh? John. That's more of what it. Look, you want to load manage some once once it's definitively clear that you're out on the one, but the two is secure. Yeah. You really yeah. don't want to fall to three, so you got to play at least to lock up the two. Probably serious through Tuesday's game. You win Tuesday's game, alternate between Tatum yeah. and Brown, shut it down. Right, play them halves. I think that's always a good play. Go out there to stay warm, stay loose, play a half, and then you're done. You know, like yep. that's always a, you know take an entire day off as well. I, I think that's fine. I think I think you're okay there, um, but uh, but other than that, 
you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, they're 26. And, I mean, they're kind of built for this. Missoula killed them throughout the course of the year, but I think you can ramp it down here in the last couple of weeks and like make up for it a little bit. Yeah. 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 I agree. Again, it just, you know, they're not going to put their two seed in jeopardy of becoming a three, <laughs> but, and if the one is there, they're going to go for it. But You guys are going <laughs> to, yeah. you guys are going to make them leave. <laughs> oh, I'm bracing for that. Oh, for I that blame that, that video. When we go live, when we do an emergency garden report. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's all on you, Jimmy. Where your, where yeah. your Kevlar. Um, all right. I want to talk about our next partner here on the garden report, and that is Athletic Greens. It's a product I started taking literally every day since AG started working with us here at the garden report. I use it because I want everything that AG has to offer, better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. I didn't want to chase a bunch of pills and vitamins. I just wanted to have one supplement that did it all for me. And that's exactly what athletic greens does. So what exactly is it? What are you doing when you're taking athletic greens or AG one, you are absorbing 75 high quality vitamins and minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens that help you start your day, right? It's a special blend of ingredients that supports, as I mentioned, gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, uh, all those good things. So again, get into AG1 right now. It's lifestyle friendly. It's diet friendly, no matter what you're on right now. Uh, Paleo, uh, gluten-free, vegan, dairy-free. It really doesn't matter. AG1 fits with your diet. It only has, actually has less than one gram of sugar. Uh, it's a highly endorsed product, over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts. And AG1 is the supplement for you. So again, uh, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens and us here at The Garden Report are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash garden. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash garden to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, Judah asks how long The Garden Report's been going on. The Garden Report has been has taken on different shapes over the years. That's true. The Garden Report used to be the reporting that would be done by CLNS media members who would attend games, who would do some, uh, you know, who would, uh, you know, tape a few segments after the game and then put those out. And they used to involve uh, people like Jimmy Toscano, Nick Gelso, obviously, Kevin O'Connor, uh, Jared Weiss were, were on it. Over the years, it uh, involved other people as well, Mike mm-hmm. Petralia, Chris Grenham, uh, lots of different other faces uh jacob, jacob toby a sports anchor out in denver right now jacob was great um guy. <laughs> sierra goodwill yeah i said tracks i said tracks oh, okay. um so that's what sure. it was and then during the bubble we decided well we can't go anywhere so let's just make the garden report a remote post game show following every game and incorporate the people who go cover the games when they are finally allowed to do so again um so it became a little right. let's just do this from home and then we did and it live did it live and we did it live because of you because we like hanging out with you guys uh, as much as you hate us which is fine and because we just needed yeah. human interaction like, yeah. more than anything because it was we did we were, that, lonely. we were lonely we were lonely yeah yeah 
Some of us still, still are. are. Um, Come on, Jimmy, stop. stop anyway, anyway Jimmy. so that's we what we did, we and now we're here. We're doing it regular. <laughs> we're hanging out with you guys, um, so it was a lot of fun. Let's get into the let's let's ride the Blake hype train here. Uh, so yeah, um, let's hop here's, on. Here's uh, here's Joe talking about Blake and kind of like. You're not allowed to say nice things about Blake, but we are. Okay. I, I, I'm consistent. Oh, you're a hater, but go on. Once every five, six games, break glass in case of emergency. Pull out your Blake. I think Sherrod's a hater too, if I recall. But okay. Go on, Here, J- this this one's for Jimmy. This is Joe telling Blake how he loved him. You know, I, I knew what we, I was going to get tonight. I trusted our guys, and I knew we were going to be really competitive. Um, I knew we were going to put ourselves in position to win the game. Um, I could just sense it uh, from our guys. And um, because we've been in that situation before where we didn't respond, and so I know um, our team was ready to do that. And then, yeah, it was about by, by any means necessary. So we changed up sub patterns. We, for the first time in a long time, went without Jalen and Jason in the game, and we just did whatever we had to do to win the game. And uh, guys stepped up and made plays. But um, I'm not going to tell you I thought we were going to win, but I knew we were going to be highly competitive. That one wasn't okay. about Blake. But this one might be. Yeah. Nice. I'll try a different one. Um, but that's that's actually pretty – no, oh, that was a pretty had... honest answer. Um, yeah. That was just about the team in general yeah. showing up to play? Yeah. And it, I don't think yeah. either of I mean, these they, are about play. I think did. it's false advertising. I'm looking at the descriptions. Uh, but this one might be. Let's try it. Let's roll the dice. Let's see what Joe says here. I'm, I I need to hear him say that he loves someone. Hold on. Yeah, so I thought there was a chance we had that use it or lose it from like the five-minute mark to the 331, but and we were creating just enough chaos, and I thought it was important that we, we needed that. Like we needed something to enhance our focus and our energy for the last, you know, five minutes. And so I thought Blake provided that. Uh, once we took the timeout, it was more about finishing the game. Um, but, you know, Blake's in that category where anytime – you know, we call his name. He brings a physicality and a joy and an energy uh, that feeds off our team and our team feeds off of. There's some Blake love, Jimmy. There you go. All right. That's I'll, I'll tee you, I'll tee you up. You just take need. it and go where you want to go. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, he lobbed it up for me. But it's true. I mean, I think we kind of said some of that stuff before we even knew that – probably before Joe had said it. Um, you know, if you see this team play, whenever Blake gets an opportunity to play, he goes all out. This is a guy that – He's been a superstar in this league for many, many years. He's made enough money to last many lifetimes over. And he's out there taking a one-year deal, diving for loose balls, taking unbelievable charges, including one that he didn't even get the benefit of of the charge tonight, or I think was maybe the most contact I've seen in a charge all year. I mean, I forget who slammed into him, but Marcus Smart got called for a reach right before Blake took that charge. But that just goes to show the type of guy he is. He does whatever he can do to affect that game. And, yeah, John, you're right. He's not going to play 30 minutes a game and score 20-plus points and rip down 15 boards. He's not going to jump through the roof like he used to. But when he's in the game, he has a positive effect on on the game because guys – you know, his effort is contagious. His attitude's contagious. Guys want to play for him and with him. And I think they see him going all out knowing that this is a guy that has all the accomplishments except for the, the accomplishment that he's looking for, right? But all the personal accolades, he already has. But he's out there putting his body out, putting his body on the line, sacrificing for the greater good. And I think, I hope that some of these younger guys see that as an example, and they want to go out there and do the same thing. So that's why I think he's important. And, yeah, he can still have an effect on the sidelines, and I'm sure he does. He's not the type of guy that's going to sit at the end of the bench and pout about not playing. In fact, it's been the complete opposite. He's really embraced his role and I think 
you know, he doesn't get enough credit for that probably because, um, and I, I texted you guys this, I said, man, if this guy was on the Celtics a little bit earlier in his career, he would be like the ultimate fan favorite. He would be a star, a superstar in this city. Right. Um, just cause I think his style of play and the, and the way he approaches the game, I think a lot of fans gravitate to it. Yeah. But I think it's, no, no, I was just going to say, but I think his style of play has evolved over time to where now he, yeah, he's, I mean, like, like all these diving and hustle plays that he makes now, which are great for him at this point in his career for the Celtics right now. I don't think Blake was doing that when he was jumping over like he is and and, and doing chin-ups on the rim, you know, (laughs) when he was in La La Land. I I just, he just wasn't that player and understandably so. But his competitiveness was still there. He showed up in different ways. His competitiveness, I think, is is shining through now because his his athleticism isn't nearly as dominant. Uh, Remember, he was, basically you know zion williamson in many ways before zion this incredibly freakish Mm -hmm. athlete who plays above the rim dunking on everybody Mm -hmm. and because he was so athletically gifted i think people overlook the fact that he 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 is a genuine competitor uh and we're seeing that now with the celtics but but the thing i keep coming back to with blake is that i love what he gives me in doses i can't see that being something that i need every single night because sometimes you're just gonna have to play your top seven top eight players talent wise and blake is not that guy he's not so to me he's that guy that's kind of like you've got your rotation you've got your starters you've got your rotation and then you've got the fringe guys that you know you can throw into the rotation in certain matchups and other nights not he's in that package and tonight was the perfect storm for him they needed to be a little bit more physical and and stop letting walker kessler you know just just lay up and dunk at will at the rim and kelly olenic uh, do what he does blake was a perfect physical player that they needed in this particular matchup but that's not you're gonna you're not gonna need that from him every night you're not gonna need a player with those skills every night that's I'll, split, all. I'll split the difference but i'll split the difference Fine. between you one i agree with sherrod like obviously everyone knows he's evolved i mean this is a guy who's jumping over friggin' cars you know and like i mean just freakish like an athlete and a dunker and a guy who played above the rim like almost no one maybe Sean Kemp I mean I don't know like Mm. you know like stuff you didn't see right Mm. like ridiculous Uh, and just it was it was his game he would literally get it almost anywhere but he worked on his outside shot he evolved his game what's interesting though he was actually known as kind of soft early despite the guy who came in with this friggin' block physique you know, built like a truck, NBA-ready body the second he walked into the league. He wasn't. He actually kind of shrunk from some challenges. So to see him completely redefine himself, you know, it's like the pitcher who lost a 98-mile-an-hour fastball is just throwing junk, you know, and trying to, you know, get people to chase and stuff. Like, complete becoming that guy that draws charges, you know, who's diving on the floor, making hustle plays. So credit to him for completely evolving his game to remain someone who could continue to play uh, in this league at this level, if we're not going to do the, I initially I was for once every five game sort of thing. <laughs> However, I do think um, Joe could from time to time or could have from time to time throughout the season when he saw effort waning, have gone Definitely. with his all effort lineup for spurts at different times to light a fire under everyone. So I will say that's something he didn't do enough of, which is these guys are playing like ass and they're not, given me what I want. And part of it was maybe Joe's just reluctance to accept that it was an effort thing ever. It always was about execution and shots and X, Y, and Z, but there's just some time where, you know, 
the type of shot that you're taking while in Joe's book might be a good shot was a lazy one. They weren't working for it. They weren't, you know, sticking to what they do and moving and passing quick and staying focused, you know, uh, Ole defense, not really great. So yes, maybe there you could have gone to all energy or all never mail it in lineups like white Brogdon Pritchard, you know, Blake or guys who you're like, I put, I put these guys out here. I might not be the most talented five, but I will not question that they're going to be going for it for me. Uh, and maybe these other guys will wake up a little bit. Could have maybe done that playoffs though. I just don't think you have that luxury to risk putting a guy like Blake in there and just having him be overwhelmed by superior competition for meaningful minutes. So you got to be pretty, pretty careful about how you manage those types of minutes there, but I could still see putting him in there for a little bit of like an energy boost. If you felt you were lacking it in one game, you know, yeah. in, in a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and go ahead, yeah, Jimmy. That would, that would help some of Sherrod's trust issues with the team, not showing, you know, if you're worried about the team not showing up one of these nights, like to what John said, like you could put in, uh, you know, Blake for, for a minute, Pritchard for, you know, whatever, you know, those are the guys that kind of give you that instant energy sort of off the bench. I'm not saying again. I, I I've made it very clear. I'm not saying he's going to be getting 25 minutes a game in the playoffs, but I do think that there is a, a time and a place for him a little bit more often than maybe. Yeah, other I, I can see that. I can see that because I, I he you know what Blake does when he gets on the floor. It reminds me a little bit of what the Lakers head coach Darvin Ham used to do in Detroit. Darvin didn't play major minutes, but when he played, his job was just to bring energy. Uh, hustle, die for loose balls, do all the intangible things on nights when that just wasn't there, that you needed someone to kind of jumpstart the, the team to play better and to play with more energy and effort. And, and Blake does have that in him. But, again, you're not going necessarily, yeah, to necessarily need that every night or most nights for that matter. Um, but you, as a coach, you have to have just that almost uh, – that, that gut instinct to know when you do need it, when your team needs to have that type of presence. Uh, you know, you don't typically need that much in the playoffs because guys are pretty amped up as it is. But to John's point, yeah, it would. I think that, that there are a number of games where you could have seen Blake in there for two, three, four minutes stint, just mix it up a little bit, just to jolt the team and maybe jolt the opponent a little bit as well. Uh, that just didn't really happen, so. Yep. Yep. So again, <laughs> they got what they needed tonight, um, um, which is uh, cool. And they needed it because he did provide the rebounding. Utah was getting them, uh, you know, what, you know, was getting pretty much whatever they needed down low. I mean, you really just don't, I mean, you really have nothing behind Alan Rob. Uh, you know, it's a real struggle. Um, so, you know, naturally you need those guys uh, healthy in the playoffs well, that's my concern when we talk about depth. Like, I'm not – I don't think I'm as high on the depth as you guys are. What, what, what's, what's your because big concern with the depth, Jenny? Jimmy? Literally that, like the numbers. But is there a position? It's not it's that. Big. Jimmy, there's three guys coming off the bench. There's two and three guys coming off the bench that are starter quality or have started for you. Right. That, well, Rob Brogdon. And, and, and so, Brady. I mean, that's the thing. It's like – so that – it's as you said, it's not the one through ten depth. It's the – quality of those guys being starter. some people aren't starting guys as good as the three guys you're bringing off the bench in the playoffs right now pj tucker is starting you know like right well because brogdon's obviously started quality i mean guy could be six man of the year probably should be if you if you're just keeping it to actual bench guys he's definitely six man of the year i know quickly has kind of jumped over him but he's starting a lot so i don't really understand 
how the voting works in that sense, but um, not to get off on a tangent, but you're right. I mean, they are, they, they do have the six through eight is, yeah. is talented for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's just, again, it goes down, I guess it comes back to consistency, but, but you have gotten consistency out of Brogdon. But my, my, my concern, six through eight, you guys are just assuming the best version of Grant and the best version of Rob. Like that's kind of where my concerns lie is that we haven't gotten that on a consistent it's, basis yeah. this year. So it's, <laughs> that's where my concerns are when we talk about yeah, that. Yeah, look, I mean, the reality is this, like, it's not, again, sure – but if you've got seven guys who are starter quality and Grant's your biggest problem is the eight, Grant was your best player coming off the bench last year. You know what I mean? If he's the worst guy at the end of your rotation playing 15, you can't go much deeper than eight. The minutes don't exist. If you have nine guys who are starter caliber, you're going to have two or three pissed off guys on your team that are playing 13, 14 minutes a game and feel that they should be getting closer to 30. So like you really can't have more than eight, quality players on your team who are playing legitimate minutes uh, and keep everybody satisfied. See, you know, see the Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, Grant Hayward, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward year um, of like how hard it was to keep people happy when you've got, you know, that many good players bring in Bobby. Um, This may also mark my exit. Is Joe Sway coming soon? Yeah. He's setting up. Okay. What up Bobby? Uh, Guys, I'm going to bail. Goodbye. Oh, all right, John. Hey, I got nothing left. You, Jimmy, host as long as you can, and host as That's long as you can, and then hand it over. I, hand I got it over a few to the minutes kids. left. I'll say hi to Joe Sway. I'll say hi to Joe Sway. Shrouds yeah, I'm going to leave as soon as Joe Sway. We're just tagging in and out. I'm waiting for Joe Sway to set up. All right, look we're, at we're this. this Bobby, cool new method. What's your method? We're, we're subbing each other out. This is like a. Uh, Oh, we're subbing each other. Well, John's playing hurt. John's John's, John's playing hurt tonight. I know, but I was on the I was on the uh, I was on the plane with you guys when we got delayed and said, you know what, I'm going to tough it out with you, Um, which is what Tatum said a short while ago. Um, He wasn't going to play. They got delayed. They were all hanging out talking, and he's like, you know what, I'm playing. Yeah, I'm going to do because because he wanted to suffer like they had. Yeah, and I love. Everybody, Jimmy, volunteers the whole story. Tatum's yelling it across the locker room, giving the speech. <laughs> and Joe comes out pregame and pretends it didn't happen. I, right. I, I, just, I still don't get that. Yeah. I, I don't get that the, at all. The messages are a little, yeah, are a little it's mixed. Crazy. Here, oh, I look guess, at this. But... It's a party. Joe Swig, give the thumbs up well, when you got well, it. Well, Bobby, you know, if they lost, if they lost, nobody would have wanted to talk about you know that being an excuse but since they won let's talk about say, it well we won yeah we won despite the fact that we even had to you know look at this, this five of us wow five box what did they call that Cinco two three box. zone Ooh, i like two, that zone, that's right well done Sharon. Very okay well what well, what's five minus one <laughs> wow four yeah he already. I left just wanted to say hi. There he is. Can't leave. He's yeah. never going. Well, I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for Tim himself. to acknowledge that he knows I'm leaving, and we'll manage the stream. Are you, so, Tim? I need you to respond. What do you mean manage the stream? I'll Are you under the weather, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say, say end stream. Tim, I need you to respond to the thread. John, I will end the stream, or wait, or Bobby will end the stream. Yeah, I, I know, but there's here. there's yeah, lower thirds. There's chat. There's a million. There's a lot. Jimmy, it's this is not an easy job. Jimmy's going to go into a uh, okay, post I, I did it yesterday. Okay, I know Jimmy, you're it, in charge. I did the whole damn thing. Jimmy but, turns but, into but like but a... But you're saying guy. you're leaving too. Get this, get, get this Gerard is leaving. Guy, yeah, I will. If I <laughs> can get a leaving? couple words in. Yes. 
All right, Sherrod's leaving. All right, let's John's get it. leaving. All right, Sherrod, any final words, Sherrod? <laughs> okay, perfect. Do you know to put the graphics? Get these, get these you, boomers you know out of here. I know how to get you out of here. Do you know where the three-person graphic is? Do you know? The what? Exactly. The three-person graphic. Exactly. The what? The three-person graphic. It's not there. John, you might as well just say What three-person graphic? No, This is the three-person graphic. It's this one. It was one. last night. John's like that dude who doesn't want to leave the party, but he's like, this party, it's going to be nothing when I leave. What did he do? What did he, he didn't do anything different. You see that logo down there? Oh, God, it's the logo. This is oh great podcast. <laughs> Get this guy out of here. This guy's really going to talk about whether or not the logo shows. Still staring How long at have you guys been doing this? All right. Let's just was, reset. Was this like the last 20 minutes? Let's just reset. This is the kids' table at Thanksgiving now. Bobby, sure, Joe, Sway. Live from TD Garden tonight. Bobby, we'll start with you because you came on first. Where are you going, Sherrod? We'll start with you, Bobby. Give us something from tonight's game that stuck out to you. Let's reel it back in for a second, folks. I I thought Tatum was awesome in this one. And I feel like we haven't said that in a little while. I think last night, of course, you you guys had on just a ridiculous scoring game for him. Uh, But he was doing everything again in this game. And I thought a play Joe Sway pointed out exemplified that late where he saves that ball from going out of bounds at midcourt and fires it back to smart to run out the clock. Uh, But it started with him passing out at double teams. And that was one of the bigger deals last time these two teams played Jimmy. Um, Jazz double teamed him every time they want to get the ball out of his hands. He only took 12 shots in that game and he, he played terribly. And this one right from play one, he fires it to white, white gets that floater after Olenek came over and doubled him. And you saw that all night. He got off the ball. He still found a way to score 39 points. Ball getting doubled pretty much every time. Uh, and he managed it perfectly, I thought. Great game from him. Of course, the mm-hmm. back-to-back, all the heavy lifting he did last night. That impresses me, too. Um, and then, of course, what John said before he left, that he wasn't supposed to play in this game. Uh, 39, 11, 3, and 3. 12 to 17 made the most limited opportunities. He said pretty much every time he had space, he had to let it go because he knew the doubles were coming. Uh, and he had a great game in, in spite of all the attention he got here. And the Jazz did it so well last time that I got to give him a ton of credit for how well he handled it this time. Yeah, no question, Bobby. I mean, going into this one, that's was, that, that was the first thing I was looking for to see how he would bounce back because if you're Will Hardy, you don't change that game plan considering what happened last time these two teams met. So, um, yeah, like you said, man, he not only – uh, kept fighting throughout the second half of possessions, but he also kept going to the rim, kept getting to the free throw line. I mean, that was sort of the way he established his point of his attack in that first quarter. And then he just kept fighting and fighting. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you see him put up a 30, 30 uh, plus point game with essentially every possession he was being double teamed. I mean, that's just not easy as Blake Griffin talked about, you know, after this game and how incredible it is and, and how he's grown, you know, as a player, as a scorer, uh, considering how he used to handle double teams, especially when teams are doing it at an elite level, like Utah did last time. Got to give him credit on, on that part. But um, he bounced back, and that's exactly what you want to see. And this is exactly why I'm happy he, he did play tonight. You know, maybe the whole uh, getting in late was a blessing in disguise because um, mm-hmm. that's, that, that, that stuff goes a long way, if you ask me, because um, not only did he, did he play when, he, when it was optional, but uh, the, the smart approach to the game, you know, at this point of the year, I think it's relevant, especially when you see how everyone else responded. So 
just to be clear, he wasn't going to play tonight, but because it was optional. Of the whole, it was optional. Right, right. Okay. So it was optional. And maybe he was leaning towards not, but he wanted as a kind of like a unity thing. He wanted yeah, to I mean, play. he told us this is the first time he's done that on the second half of a back to back where you land the same day, you know, right. as a game day. And, you know, uh, getting him out of his comfort zone and see him respond that way is what I take away from it. You know, mm-hmm. sure, it's the Utah Jazz. Sure, they didn't have their all-star, you know, in this game. But uh, the, the coverage didn't change all that much when you, when you think about what happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago in Utah. Yeah, and this has only happened, Jimmy. I was looking at Grandy's tweet six times, right, since 2001 that they've traveled the same day they've played. Wow. And they're now four and two in those situations, which is which is pretty good. Okay. Uh, happened in 02, 03, 08. 2012, and the last time it happened was 2014. Uh, so it's pretty rare. So uh, different rosters, so com- completely different crew. And I, I think Grant Williams mentioned, uh, I heard pregame, he said that he actually did it, was it last year yeah, he had to do uh, it? Because, two years ago during the COVID years. season. He, yeah. he cleared COVID and flew to Minnesota yeah. played that day. So he I mean, said, I'm pretty much probably the only one who's, who's done this. And Yeah. Yeah, is it a I mean, huge, like, I mean, these guys aren't flying coach. Let's not, let's not, uh, like, let's, let's not get too crazy here. All right? Let's get back to the. Isn't it crazy, Jimmy? Yeah, you don't know. Jimmy, maybe someone got the middle seat. Yeah, I don't know where. You don't know how the comfortable Tatum was. Jimmy, yeah. isn't it crazy after we were sitting here and talking about traffic on Tuesday? We're not talking about a delayed flight yeah. coming in it's six hours before the game. Talk. I mean, yeah. they. I, this is what I said on Tuesday. It's not traffic like the bus the got. To, it's not like the bus got to the arena at six fifty-five and the ball went up right as they were running on the court. Right. They they got to Boston six hours before the game. I know it's not typical. I know these guys are very routine oriented as right. professionals, uh, but it's not massive adversity. It's- no, but it's it's like you said, it's different. You know, you're a little bit of time. I don't know time zone. I probably doesn't really matter. But just you know, getting off the flight probably didn't sleep well. Probably were on the I don't know where they. Well, here's the, the thing: they went for on a while. The, they did go on the runway for 25 minutes. Got off, went back. 25 to the whole minutes. Yeah, I know people stuck on the runway for three hours before they can get off the flight. So that's my worst nightmare. Let's move on first. I want to move on. You guys mentioned earlier that Blake spoke. I flew today, by the way. Look at that. See, you flew today. Mm-hmm. From Washington. Oh, that's where you were last yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all adding up. <laughs> Birthday party. Why did you say it like that? Up. Like you're in trouble. <laughs> I just couldn't figure out what the. I couldn't get. No, the not you, story. Bobby. He was like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if he missed his flight or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's another story right. for another day. Yeah, it's right. a story for another day. We won't say anything more about that. But uh, I want to talk about Blake. I know that if you're watching this show, we've we've definitely filled our Blake quota, but you guys haven't got anything, anything in on Blake. You mentioned that he spoke after the game. One, what did he have to say? And two, thoughts on his performance night. Three, do you see a role for him in the playoffs? Start with uh, start with Joe Sway since Bobby got first. Joe Sway loves Blake. I know, I do. Good. But, uh, what was your first two questions? What did he have to say after the game? And what oh, did you okay. think of him tonight? Uh, he kept it short and sweet after the game. Uh, just talking about his his newfound role, obviously getting you know, into it with guys uh, last night. Same thing mm-hmm. happened tonight, and he's prepared to take on that role and not only uh, you know purposely get under people's skin, but be productive, protect the rim, you know, um, be that leader in the locker room that he's been all year long. So he talked a little bit about that. It was a really really brief um, press conference, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that stuff. And you know, what was your second question again? How did he play? 
What do you think? Uh, he, how do you think he played tonight? And is yeah, basically, is there a role for him? Do you guys? Yeah, know? I mean, that's a, the, the last question. I remember. Yeah, the the, the role I, I think is 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 big. You know, especially because these these guys they they want to compete when he's out there, when he's taking charges, when you know he's he's getting that opportunity. So I do think there will be games throughout the postseason where he's gonna be his name will be called. You know, whether it's guys in foul trouble, whether it's a night that maybe Rob can't make it. I mean, I think those are the type of situations. I don't think it'll be like an everyday thing, but he's ready for that type of role. I mean, he's been doing that all year long and he's succeeded at, you know, he's excelling right now, especially when you think about how um, his teammates respond to that. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. I, I really do. I don't think it'll be, an, again, uh, everyday minutes. I don't think he'll play every mm-hmm. single game, but I do right. think you will see him, you know, one or two games per series, you know, maybe even more depending on the circumstances. And hopefully that's not the case, you know, Rob having to miss more than a couple of games throughout one series, that, that's one one way you will definitely see Blake, but I also think that in certain matchups, if guys don't have it in the front court and you know guys are in foul trouble, uh, it wouldn't shock me to see uh, Missoula turn to him for you know seven to ten minutes, you know, and throughout the postseason. Yeah, it won't be a major role for sure, especially yeah. if Rob and Al are healthy, he won't play at all. Though, as you said, Joe injuries, foul trouble, even a big deficit in a game, you could see him coming in to provide a spark, possibly. Uh, and I, this thought went through my head, of course, during the game, Jimmy. I, I texted it, and then almost felt like two seconds later, he caught the ball underneath, had a wide-open lane, and stopped and kicked it back out. There's moments where you see how physically limited he is and mm-hmm. how that impacts him offensively is pretty substantial at this point. But I'm so impressed. Every time he's called on, it feels like he plays well. He does things from a mental standpoint, a feel standpoint, that allow him to be effective in spite of uh, not making shots as you see here tonight and uh, not moving well at this point in his career, as you can see. <laughs> he was walking out of the presser actually kind of like grabbing his midsection, like, uh, like just in pain. Isn't that charge that he took? Yeah, because he's out there taking charges every time and just falling on the ground as hard as he can. I, it's, it's stunning to me that this, when we watch him, is Blake Griffin, considering what he looked like early in his career in his prime. Uh, but it's a testament to how he's stayed relevant and how he's adjusted his game that he can right. come in and play well in these situations. So I don't think you ideally want to go to him in a playoff setting, uh, but it looks like if he's fresh, he's willing and able to do a lot of the things in the mix for you. So uh, I, I'm not going to go that far. I think ideally you want to have the two bigs and that's it plus Grant, but Man, what a great signing this has been. And I did not like it when it first happened. I thought he was done. He, he had something to offer, and it's, it's, I won't, it's pretty Yeah, you hated the signing. I remember I won't, that. I won't make you make you do an apology, can, at least not tonight. But maybe if, if there's another big Blake moment, I might have to make Bobby do apology, can for Blake. But That's the other thing, um, too. Um, how good he is against Giannis. That's interesting, too. You get in a series like that. They Giannis and Thanasis, both both – both, uh, that was so funny last night. That was pretty what funny. Was it? Thanasis is like the attack dog on the Bucks. You know, like they just put him in the game. He's just like ready to attack like immediately when he gets out there. Um, I don't expect to see him in the playoffs, so it's probably not a big deal. But you never know what he's going to do uh, from the sidelines. You got to be careful about that. Well, Bobby, he's an agitator out there too. I thought he took Utah completely out of the game uh, by getting into it a little bit with with different guys out there and just. Making his presence felt. Uh, I thought Utah got super distracted. They were already down 14-15. Uh, 
But once they started playing around with the refs, Will Hardy said that the refs had warned both teams at that point that if anything else happens, they're calling text, and that's why Dunn ends up out of the game there. So he took advantage of that. Blake didn't commit another tech himself. And we I talked just about it was a Blake. super entertaining effort for him. Yeah, we talked about Blake. Uh, we haven't talked about Grant, but how about this? 13 points, 5 of 6 from the field, 5 boards. This is one of the better Grant Williams games of, of recent memory. Um, this is a guy that they're going to need. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, he's still – I know that there was points not too far long ago where he wasn't getting any minutes. But once the playoffs roll around, he's going to get some burn for them. So he's going to need to put in performances. I'm not saying he's going to hit a certain threshold of points every night, but he needs to be effective out there on both ends of the court. And it felt like tonight he definitely was. Yeah, definitely, Jimmy, especially in that third quarter where I felt like the, the the Jazz, they weren't making me nervous, but it was kind of like this thing could get interesting just given how, you know, the way it was going back and forth and how things can swing in, the, in those type of momentum. And that's when you made those big plays, especially right after Jason Tatum uh, took a break and getting ready for the fourth quarter, which is exactly if you're Utah, your time to, to, to attack. And they did that. They got it down to about seven points. And, and I feel like that's when he made big plays, especially – with Brogdon in the mix. And those two guys have to be the anchor of that second unit. Obviously, mm-hmm. with Rob now, uh, that's his role going into the postseason. But look look at the stat line. I mean, this is, you know, give or take, this is, if he's doing this every single night during the postseason, like, that's that's huge. I mean, the Celtics need that. Um, I think we've made that clear all season long, which is why I think he was sort of in that, you know, Joe, Joe Missoula doghouse for a little bit because it was like, man, you're, you're better than this. And outside of the shenanigans and him talking to the officials and you know, earning technical fouls, none of that was helping the team. So I, I still stand by Coach Missoula with that decision to sit him. I think it did wake him up, re- make it made him realize that, hey, you're not you're not guaranteed a spot on this in, in this rotation just because of what happened last year. So right. it's good. And I think Grant's finding his way. Uh, ever since he's been finding his way in this type of production, I'll take him every single night throughout the postseason. Yeah, you might be right about that. I was worried that they were going to lose him through that stretch and he might not return from it. Uh, you're right, though, Jimmy. This is one of the better games we've seen from him. This month period, I'm looking now, it's only his fourth double-figure scoring game this month. He's had two DMPs and a few more limited appearances, eight minutes against Houston. Uh, so he's had as many limited appearances three or four as he has double figure scoring games this, this month. So this was probably his worst month since 2021 when he wasn't a big part of the rotation at all that year. They needed this bounce back. I thought he was awesome in this game. Got on the boards. They went to Mike Mascala and Cornette, as John mentioned in the chat in the first quarter, didn't play Grant. Go back to him to start the second, and credit to him for taking advantage of that because he might not have played as much in this game. Still didn't play a ton when we're talking about his old standard there. Still feels like they're mixing, matching, trying some things there. Ultimately, I think you want Grant back at 25, 26, 27 minutes doing all the things he does. Unfortunately, he hasn't done them as often and as consistently uh, into this new year. So he's working his way back for sure. Is it Grant from last year? Still no. Grant from early this year even. You're still seeing him up fake and hesitate in the corner and not get shots off at the level you want to see him unload them at. And I still think that's going to be the next step for him to return to who he was is getting those shots off and giving them outlets when they pass to the corners and to the wings and all the different spots where Tatum, as we said, to open is, is getting double teamed from and needs to throw into open space. He needs to make good decisions in those spots. Or he's going to set. I think that's what drove Missoula craziest about uh, that run where he blew the game against Milwaukee, 
there were a handful of other games where he made bad decisions and it cost them. Tonight, big step back in that right direction. Is it Grant yet? Not quite, uh, but it was much, much closer. And his effort on the rebounding, I thought, played a big role in him continuing to play the rest of the way because that's what he was looking for tonight, right, Jimmy? Those boards were killing him, even in the first half tonight. Yeah, it felt like they were Utah was up to their old tricks against him on the boards, but they were able to sort of regulate that later on in the game. But, yeah, great game by Grant, um, you know, for Grant perspective, you know, you know, all things being considered. I mean, I think, you know, that's what you want. You know, we're not talking about Grant as a starting player on this team anymore. We're talking about him as a guy who come off the bench as your, you know, seventh or eighth guy off the bench, eighth guy off the bench or eighth guy, third guy off the bench, but eighth guy in the rotation, I guess, at this point. Um, so they have their eight man that's rotation, pretty good. Right? Yeah. They have their eight man rotation. You get a little bit of Blake. If you need them, you get a little bit of, you know, your guy Cornette Pritchard, if it's for some reason they need to go, you know, with a little sparkiness, but Pritchard, um, by the way, re-aggravated that foot. So I don't know. Okay. So didn't play yesterday. Put him on ice there. Would have gutted it out if he needed to tonight, but yeah, he's, he's back on the ice. All right. We have some updated standings here after tonight. It looks like Celtics are one and a half games behind the Bucks and two and a half games ahead of the Sixers. Uh, I know the Bucks and the Sixers play Sunday, which is a big one. And then the Celtics will play the Sixers on Tuesday. They have a couple of games, a couple of days off so, here. I, I'm very relieved by this win because I obviously came into the day frustrated, Jimmy, that they were going to sit Tatum as it looked right. like. Didn't love that they sat Horford and Rob given the matchup. Uh, I feel like Horford probably could have gotten this one out. Uh, Rob, I don't know. But there's, there's three days off after this. I, I don't know why they needed to rest as aggressively as they did here, but fortunately the guys who played stepped up. Tatum stepped up in a big way. But you see tonight, Jimmy, if Tatum didn't play, they'd probably lose this game. Uh, so they got very yeah, fortunate so. there. If you lose this, you're two games back with four to go. You're probably done. Fortunately, if Philly beats Milwaukee, which I think there's a good chance they will on Sunday. Why do you say that? I don't know. That matchup looks tough for Milwaukee. I don't know if you caught the last game they played, Jimmy, but the Sixers really handed it to them. It was close. It went down to the wire, but physically they had a tough time dealing with Embiid. Harden's been great for them this year. They have a lot of big wings who can take advantage of other guys on Well, um, let me just stop you then. Let me just stop you because I keep hearing, and maybe it's just John, but I keep hearing how the Celtics are just going to steamroll the Sixers. So on one hand, the Sixers are going to give the Bucs a ton of trouble and possibly beat the Bucs. But then the Celtics are going to steamroll the Sixers. But if the Celtics and the Bucs meet, it's, you know, a toss-up. So which one is it? Are the Sixers for real or are they not for real? I think the Bucs have fewer bodies to throw it and beat than the Celtics do, which is a big reason that I think... The Bucs are big. The Bucs have, have um, one of the Lopez. best centers in the NBA. Yeah. Possible defensive here. player of the year. <clears throat> I don't know why they've struggled in that matchup this year, but they have. And the Celtics have beaten the Sixers every time this year, right? They're undefeated against them. So I, I, I think the biggest difference is the amount of guys that the Celtics have in that mix inside. And it's not like they're shutting down Embiid. It's just about wearing them out as the game goes on. And the Celtics have done that more effectively than the Bucks have. But I'll give it to you, Jimmy. I don't want to see them round two. I think the series will be too long too physical and could lead to injuries and wear and tear that sure. would cost the Celtics in the next round against the Bucks. And I think the Bucks would cruise through the Knicks or Cavs. Uh, so this is why I really think it's important that they go get that one seed. 
let the Sixers and the Bucks beat each other up round two. Maybe the Bucks get through them, but it'll take six, seven games, I think. Uh, and it's not like the Celtics will have an easy time with the Cavs and Knicks, but a much more manageable series, I think, than the 76ers. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like uh, John says, that the Celtics would steamroll the Sixers. So the way that series has gone in recent years, I can see why he thinks that. Yeah, but I can see why people feel maybe overly confident for the Celtics going up against the Sixers. I mean, of late, though, of lately, I mean, the Sixers have been playing better. I think that's what's giving people the benefit of the doubt, Jimmy, especially with the way that they played against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, with Brook Lopez, is interesting because he's such a good defender. He can protect the rim for you. But Mm -hmm. if you get this team, if you get going offensively and you're running the floor and you got a lot of, you know, guys up front that can knock down three-point and he's got to continue to go out there and defend the perimeter. That's when you get the best out of him, right? That's pretty much what we saw a lot of last night. And that was Al Horford doing it, or it was other guys shooting threes. I mean, you get him on a switch. He just, he just doesn't like doing that for four quarters. I mean, he'll do it for a little bit, but like for in terms of, uh, of guys that can really get going from behind the arc, he's, he's not going to, you know what I mean? He's not going to keep up. So I right. think that's a big part of it as well, but it's just the way it's been always in the NBA, right? It's, it's always been, you know, what have you been doing lately? You know, and right now, that's been the case. I mean, Philly's been been giving the Bucks a hard time, and the Celtics obviously. What you think about what happened last night, and that's what's going to be on people's minds. I mean, it's going to be you know, a lot of these NBA players. They have short term memory, but you know, moving forward, the Bucks still dominant. I mean, they've been that team. They've been the the, the reason why the Celtics haven't regained number one. And if it doesn't happen, I mean, for the most part, the Bucks don't have to worry about the Celtics until they have to, right? The Eastern Conference Finals, which is still my prediction. So um, I, I don't think either way it, it you know, changes the Bucks' confidence, especially going into the postseason. But at the same time, in the Philadelphia 76ers, I mean, if, if you if, – if, they can continue this going into the postseason. Sure, they're going to be a threat, but I just don't think they're still on the same plateau as the Celtics and the Bucks. I mean, that, that that's that there's still I think there's still a significant gap between those two and the rest of the Eastern Conference. Bucks this year lose 133-130 in that last matchup I mentioned. In November they lost 110 to 102, and then late October they won 90 to 88 in a close one. So they've had trouble with Philly this year for sure. Those are all close games or losses. It's Embiid, man. Embiid's different. And I think the Sixers will win again on Sunday. I don't – so I didn't get a good deep dive on that game, Jimmy, yesterday. um, Okay, because I was actually going to ask you what your opinion was of it. but So this is the sense I got just from the the glimpses I saw. (laughs) The Bucs offense is a little stagnant. A little, it'll go through droughts. It's not ranked highly in the league. In fact, at this point, I think they're still in the bottom half of NBA offenses. They do have a lot of shooting, and of course, Giannis will get his. But in terms of guys who can create for themselves and others, if Holiday's off, and sometimes he is, he's a great, great player, but he does have off nights. That was off. uh, Because he's more defensively oriented. Right, but Bobby, when he's off, he is off, right? Like, (laughs) that's the thing. Like, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they're 16th in offense now. That's a problem for them. Uh, And if they can't get that going, the Celtics are a top five defense statistically and are well-equipped to guard them. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. just play a variety of matchups across the board. Zach Lowe had a pretty good podcast today actually talking about how, like, the Celtics would just put their guys anywhere. Rob can guard Crowder. Rob can guard – you know, they they don't worry about how the – matchups go and if the Bucks try to go small the Celtics might still stay big against them so 
I said this earlier in the year, and I was wrong about it. I thought the Bucks were going to fade because of Middleton's decline, because of Brooks back, because of their stagnant offense. But that defense played so good, and their offense turned around enough for them to really go on that run of 16 straight wins. But all those problems still exist. Like, was, was Middleton that impressive to you last no, night? No, he wasn't effective really at all. He's just not the same guy this year. And he's improved quite a bit, but he's, he's not the same. And then you lose Holiday. Who are your guys offensively on that team? It's just Giannis. They're still doing so it. It's still Giannis one on five too much on that team, for sure. Yeah, and he's running into Horford, Grant. Even Rob is a, is a good guy to throw at him. So, listen, I said the Celtics weren't going to lose in round one or round two despite all their issues they've had over the last couple months. And there's still a lot of things I don't like that they're doing right now. Uh, I mean, that Wizards loss was so bad on Tuesday. But if you look at all the teams in the East, they have the fewest flaws. Um, I just think it's in their benefit, Josue, to let the Bucks and Sixers take each other out and not have to deal with that. You know, you can do it the hard way. They did the hard way last year, certainly, uh, but it's not ideal. Yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, the way this team has been, you know, it's 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 always been more about uh, how they're playing, right, compared to, oh, they have to get the one seed. And a lot of that was what this team was last year, right, when Ime was leading things. So, I mean, <clears throat> as long as they're – yeah, but last year, Joe Sway, they were climbing the ladder. So getting the two was a massive turnaround. Yeah. This year, they were by and far one and slipped with just all these awful losses. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I just can't stack last them year, up. Yeah, last year, those, those two went hand in hand. But at the same time, though, this year, I, I just feel like, that, granted, the first, what, two weeks after the All Star break, I mean, that was when things were scary, but they. They're back trending upwards, right? And I think that's if you're Joe Mazzula, that's all you can really ask for. I mean, obviously, you still want the one seed, and if you don't get it, you're gonna look back at those losses against you know sub 500 teams for sure. But I mean, at this point, though, the momentum and health is just it's just way more important for this team, especially for guys like Rob. What do you think, Jimmy? They need the one it. seed. Um, no, yeah. I think I think I've been pretty consistent in that. I don't think they need it. I think it's. Uh, a nice thing to have, but you don't sell out for it. If you believe that they're as talented as they are, then the possibility of playing an extra road game should not be enough to, you know, go all out, you know, over these next few games leading right into the playoffs. I think you can benefit more by, you know, being smart with the minutes being played. You know, if, if you have the two seed locked up, which they should in a couple of games, then you could, you know, sit a guy or two here and there. Um, I think the Celtics are confident and they just went into Milwaukee and took care of business pretty freaking damn easily. And again, I'm not saying that that's going to mimic a playoff atmosphere because obviously it won't. Um, the Bucks were coming off a second night of a back-to-back, but they've played the Bucks very well this year in all three games. I don't think that they're scared of the Bucks. So with that being said, I don't think that they should feel the need to get the one seed. I don't think it's a failure if they don't or a disappointment if they don't. Um, I think, you know, maybe when, when it's all over, it might shake out and they, and they might be kicking themselves for dropping a game or two in the regular season that they should have won. But it is what it is at this point. And I think that they're fine in the two seed. They'll play the schedule as it comes to them and talent wins out. You know, if they show up, I think that we all agree that they're the most talented team in the East and they just need to be consistent in putting that product out there. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm at. With By the them. way, Celtics magic number to clinch two 
is two. So they, so they're right there in terms of clinching two. So that means if, so if Philly loses Sunday and then Philly loses to the Celtics, that's it. They would have three yeah. <laughs> games to end the year that were essentially meaningless, unless you were chasing that one seed. So it really will depend on, it really Good will point. depend on how Milwaukee does. Bucks, Bucks Magic number to clinch one is four, which is a lot. You know, there's like five games left. Like five yeah, to so. go. Um, they obviously, you know, they control their own destiny. I'm, I'm sure that they don't want to lose the one, so they're playing to win games as well. I think their record is a little easier than I, their schedule is a little easier than the Celtics. They have the Sixers, of course. Um, I think the Raptors, Wizards, Bulls, Grizzlies. So slightly less. Yeah, a little it's, tricky. It's, I mean, the Celtics have the Raptors twice, the Hawks, and the Sixers, who could be locked right. into their spot maybe in yeah. the Sixers. Meanwhile, Nick Nurse today. Did you see that? He's a crybaby, though. What did he say? Mm. He said he's going to have to think about his future uh, after a really hard really? year. Before tonight's game in Philadelphia, Raptors coach Nick Nurse said he's going to take a few weeks to see where he's at at the conclusion of what he called the difficult season for a number of standpoints. Maybe there's something personal going on that we don't know about. It's it's you know it's a long it's long season it's tough you know you're 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 grinding it out as a head coach I'm sure it's not as glamorous at all times as we think it is when we see these guys just you know on TV and on the sidelines so if he's got something going on I'm sure it's serious enough for for him to walk away from a from a job like that you know he, there must be something going on I'm excited for those games I love how, by uh, the way. host Jimmy is so like considerate and nice but when he's like <laughs> if I'm down where you are Joe Swain like. Oh, what a, yeah, yeah. What a like, little bum. <laughs> Suck it up. This there. is the time of the year. You're supposed to yeah. be more focused. <laughs> By the way, I'm going down with thinking this about, ship. He's thinking about the off-season already. What's his right, right. He's like, are you quitting? What's going on? <laughs> it's so true, dude. And they, yeah, that's such a weird time to say that. With very, very odd. Especially yeah. for a coach they who, lose. who Maybe he's trying to inspire his guys a little bit. Maybe, maybe he wants his guys to. Yeah, rally the troops. You guys want to keep One me in high. All uh, right, that's that's it for me. I don't know here, if you guys have any yeah. final thoughts, but feel free. Well, I, I just I just want to say they're here twice next week. Oh. That's probably going to be the last test for my take that they're a legit. low-key, tough opponent round one. Legit, yeah, because this, I mean, they've Who are you going to be uh, reporting for? Will you be covering the Raptors or the Celtics in that <laughs> one? <laughs> I remember Schroeder last year to Gary. Are you with are you with us? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you with them? I yeah. forgot all about that. It would be uh it would be a nice little treat to see this to see the, the Raptors in the playoffs. I just don't think it's Gary was like Gary was like, I'm with the Boston Globe, my guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan, bro. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. That's all right, final thoughts, guys. Whatever whatever's in the top of your mind. Bobby, we'll start with you. I'm good. What do you got, um, man? I would say more of the same because I did say that last night. But I'm gonna say uh, um, the same sort of energy from the second unit uh, again. I, I just I love that third quarter from yeah. them, and I don't care who. Brian I don't care who great. you're playing yeah. against. They have to uh, play every. They have to take every opponent as if it's the Bucks, like what we saw yesterday, or any other top tier teams where you see a clear shift in the Celtics' focus when they're playing. Uh, again, uh, you know, sub 500 teams compared to when they're playing title contenders. It shouldn't matter, especially at this point of the season. So I, I just want to see more of that, um, you know, especially on the road um, on Tuesday night. All right, Josue, you said it well. I'm going to co-sign. How about that? You guys got anything going on um, that we should be on the lookout for? 
articles, podcasts, interviews. Yes, yes, actually. Uh, brand new episode of Cedric Maxwell Podcast. We recorded this weekend, so you can look out for that either Sunday or Monday. Either way, it'll be well before uh, Tuesday's game between the Celtics and 76ers, so that should be fun. Okay, we love a good Max pod. Bobby, what, what do you got on? What are you doing tonight? Uh, Boston Sports Journal, Saturday piece. How it is always tomorrow, Will Hardy. We talked a lot, long time with him today. I talked to a lot of players who have played for him. Uh, incredible job in Utah, obviously, this year. He was here in Boston last year. I didn't think it was a big enough deal when he left, the fact that he was gone, because he was really good for this team by all accounts last year as their assistant. Uh, and he's probably going to come in second behind Mike Brown and Coach of the Year this year. So uh, got a lot of accounts on what he's done for them and for Celtics and Spurs uh, over the last 10, 12 years here. So um, it was great to catch up with him and see him here today. He was a really funny pregame press conference. Yeah, he too, was. So we'll love that on Spurs Media as well. Nice. Well, then we will look forward to that. And once again, we want to remind everybody that this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston for $200 in bonus bets when you place your first $5 bet and a $10 deposit. Um, oh, you know what, Jimmy? Just a couple of bets and friends. Yeah, what's up, Josue? Um, another thing, read. too. No big deal. I got a, a, a sub stack now, guys. I, well, I, I think you guys know, but I haven't said anything on the show before. But, guys, check it out. I had a, a great conversation with Mike Gorman earlier this week. It's uh, JosuePavone.substack.com. Um, really good stuff, man. Uh, really cool catching up with Mike. Always cool nice. catching up with uh, the broadcast, the, the the GOAT, the legend, the Celtics legend, um, Mike Gorman, who had really interesting stuff to say about this year's team and uh, their chances in the postseason. Uh, so go check that out. That's cool because speaking of broadcasters tonight, Joe Sway, we saw the jazz radio guy slam Yo, the table. Really? Oh, he was Max you know? told me about it. He was like, yeah, he, he does that. He's, he gets into it. And it was getting pretty rowdy in here, Jimmy. All the text flying around, and Max gets up and turns around and said a few Did words. Did he? He, to had the guy. To, he, he was like, "Yo, cool. oh man, Jimmy." Tonight had a little bit of everything, man. We had before halftime, some someone in the in the crowd like just yacked all over like the person in front of them. It was a mess, man. Like security came over. Like, this this kid like cleared out the 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 whole row. It was like five people that had to be moved. I think two of them went curled everywhere. It was insane. Like, it was projected. Oh, yeah, literally, and yeah. then. And then the second half starts and all that Blake stuff's going on. I'm just like, man, this is a Friday night at the Garden. Like, wasn't someone wasn't someone after Tatum on the yes, bike? Yeah, that that's right. Too. Tatum gets on the bike and security had to had to get involved because I don't know if it's the same woman from like the last home game who wouldn't let him go when he when he fell into the crowd, but the person was trying to touch him. And the guy was like, <laughs> Can you not touch Tatum, please? He's he's playing a game here. Are we sure yeah. that she wasn't just on bike watch? Because we we have assigned we assigned a couple yeah. couple fans to bike watch. We haven't had a bike. I mean, in a while. the person booked we, it over there. Would one tonight? Keep their hands off of Tatum. So I think I think the security guard was in the right. If you ask me, Jim, I think that was the right move. Another, just another night in the TD Garden. That reminds me, I was listening to the JJ Redick podcast that he had Al Horford on. I mentioned this on the last show. Oh yeah, I got to listen to that. JJ Redick admitted, as much as he didn't want to, I was actually surprised. He said that Boston fans were the best fans in in terms of like making it hard for the opponent to play or. Just in terms of just like the atmosphere, he said Boston was number one. He said hated he hated to admit it, but he said that the Boston fans actually do have 
some level of effect. So a little, a little oh, yeah. toot your own horn if you're a Celtics fan, I guess. Something to I think mean, about JJ would know better than most players, up. right? Especially people got into JJ, man. People he played, he played, he played against the, you know, the Pierce and Garnett Celtics, yeah. and then he played against Tatum and Brown Celtics. He's like, man, this building doesn't change. So yeah, he knows. He was also like easy pickings. Like people would would point him out and they would say oh man remember these things under his hair like in 09 when that, <laughs> yeah. that series yeah oh man there was so like much a big stuff. poetry guy i think too i don't know like not there's anything wrong with that like it's cool but like people would just find things that just yeah. hate on him for he just had that he got that he got that treatment where he something was something about funny. his face man just want to yeah. punch your face um <laughs> all right. one of these. yeah all right well thank you guys uh for the coverage tonight and we will be back we got a, we got a couple we got a couple uh nights off here but also happy birthday to bobby yes sir uh we couldn't say it yesterday because he was out partying i think all night but that's okay he's uh he made it he made it the in party continues in boston though Let's party, go, bobby. yeah if you see bobby this weekend out in the town rumor is he's going to be out in the town tomorrow so if you see him make sure you yeah, say that's happy tonight birthday. tomorrow we need to rest yeah we're gonna rest and then yeah, come back that's tomorrow. tonight definitely not tonight all right boys um you guys uh be good and thanks again for everyone watching we will see you all tuesday garden report is brought to you by fanduel Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.